Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. The Chaim that are joining me with your coffees. Happy Thursday for those that are here live. For those of you here any other day, morning or night, thanks so much for joining us. It is cold in New York. For those that are northeast, ooh, woke up this morning, man. Pumped out the winter coat for my Floridians. I think your winter coats come out like when it gets like 55. Is that how it works down there? My Californians, I'm sure everything is awesome over there. Ah, Ken Winkler's playing tennis in Atlanta. The Northeasterners know what it's like to have winter. If anyone's coming in from Boston, I got my Torontonians over here. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about honor. I got a whole bunch of emails yesterday. That is very important. And, and this is why I love when you guys uh, reach out. I'm sorry if I don't get back to you quick enough. A lot of emails yesterday, we spoke, we've been speaking about honor and what it's like. I got Los Angeles on. Minnesota's on. Okay, Minnesota. I shouldn't be complaining. I shouldn't be complaining. What's going on over there, Denise? Tell us uh, how, what, what the weather is like. So yesterday we spoke about this idea of honor and we've been trying to really speak through this concept of what a London, is it raining there? Um, but this is great. This is great. For those who are, who are a part of this, Andy, let me know if people are, are, are chiming in on uh, uh, 43. Okay. Let me know if people are chiming in on Facebook. Definitely want to see that as well. Maybe I should, I figure out how I get the Facebook comments on. We've been speaking about honor. And yesterday we started talking about this idea of or, or we've been delving into this idea on the power of, of giving somebody else honor. I told you the story yesterday about my teacher. It really had an impact on me. I told it at the end of, the, of our time, but like it really had an impact on me. And I remember the year afterwards, I was in Israel for the year. And I remember, you know, there's another person in my life in that school, the, the associate principal. And I remember being in situations in Israel where I was, you know, I was alone. I was in Israel. I was away from my family, right? You, you go alone. You go for the year, the gap year. I went for a gap year. So you don't have the usual structure of your parents in the house and you go to school. And I remember a few times being at a crossroads in life and feeling the belief that my parents had and select, very select teachers had, an administrator. And it impacted me tremendously. I'm not saying I did anything good. I should one day be Zoha, to be worthy, to do good things, but it impacted me. Someone was able to see me. And when you see somebody else, you unlock a piece of them that may not ever come out, but for you. I want to really hit this. When we see somebody else, we may unlock a piece of that person that may never, we may never know about. I actually did not realize this teacher did this for me until last year because I was talking about this. And as I was talking about it, 
I started going back to places that I never really remembered. And then I remembered the story. And then I remembered him. And then he happens to live in my neighborhood. And I see him on a Friday afternoon. I kid you not, an hour before Shabbat in a supermarket. And I, I pull him to the side and I tell him what I spoke about. And I'm in tears. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't remember the story. And then he tells me another few stories. He, he This is what he does. So there's like a half a dozen or a dozen people that have these stories. that He doesn't even remember. Because this is sort of how he operates. He sees students and he brings out the best in them. It's not like, oh, yeah, I've been waiting for you to say thank you. We may never know the impact that we have on a compliment or a nice word or identification of a trait. You may be standing at a, at a grocery store and you may be standing and you may be going to the clerk and saying, you, you, I just watched you for the past five minutes. You're so patient. Such an incredible trait. Thank you. And that clerk, you may never speak to again, and something unlocks in her or him. When we're in front of people, there may be hundreds of people that we've interacted with that we could have said something, not like even a compliment's worth it. Like even a hello is worth it. There's a book that I read years ago from, uh, from Dale Carnegie. Remember this book he wrote? How to Win Friends and Influence People, right? What a ter- the title did not do justice to the book. The book was amazing. The title makes it sound like you're, you're like, you know, you're being duplicitous or something. The book was real, real, real wisdom. And he has in the book this piece. Remember he speaks about when you go to a counter, you say someone's name because just reciting the name feels familiar to the person. Just saying someone's name matters. Smiling matters. Right? I remember once reading a book from a great rabbi named Rabbi Shlomo Freifeld. He actually built the yeshiva that I went to when I got back from Israel. When I got back from Israel, I went to yeshiva in the five towns in the morning. I went to college in the afternoon and yeshiva in the morning. And the yeshiva was called Shar Yashuv. Shar Yashuv. It was built by a rabbi named Rabbi Freifeld. And I read his book. It was incredible. And in his book, the author writes that what I learned from interviewing everyone around him was that a smile is a holy thing. Smile is a holy thing. Let's not think that holy is just Hebrew words and shul, but smiling is like, whatever. No, smile is holy too. You're unlocking somebody and something in someone else. Compliments, smiling, all that stuff. But when you get to the top of this pyramid and you've got that, about a capacity to identify virtues in another. The capacity to bring out the virtues in another. You are unlocking a piece of that soul that was always there, but that can never that may never have been able to come out, but for you. That's responsibility. That's real responsibility. It's not just making sure the bill is clear. It's making sure your spouse knows how special he or she is. It's not making sure that, you know, you're getting the the assignments in, or it's making sure the people that you work with or teach or meet, making sure they know how special they are. And it doesn't have to be done in a way that's weird or gitchy or, or uncomfortable. You don't got to pull someone to the side and have like a deep, as my kids call it, a DMC. It's like the new, the my kids use this word. 
A DMC is a deep, meaningful conversation. You don't need a DMC. You just need to like be real about it. That's one of the greatest things that we do on the momentum trips. To me, the highlight of those trips are as soon as guys break down of being tough on the outside because we're all together, there's a certain rawness. It's amazing. Get to just be me. And and souls want want to share with other souls. We just this is how we live. This is how life is supposed to be lived. Your soul directs in your mouth. The physical parts of your body really are taking direction from your soul. And everyone that comes in contact with you when they leave, they just feel like different. It's not every second of every moment, but it's a lot. And it may not always be with your mouth, but it could be with your eyes. You're living. If we just, and this isn't like, you don't, we don't have to be super wise. We don't have to study all of the Torah. We don't have to know anything in particular. We don't have to come from a certain background. We don't need a degree in psychology from an Ivy League university. We don't, we just have to be us. We don't have to lead hundreds of people. We just got to open our eyes and realize that the people in front of us need us more than we think. I once did this for a little bit and I stopped. Maybe I should start again now that we're talking. I once through, went through a period of time where I was trying every day in my morning routine to find somebody to compliment like once. Like I was trying and I stopped, but maybe I should pick it up again. Maybe we should do this together. You know, in your morning routine, whatever the routine is before you like start your day, you like go through like your list of contacts or you make notes and you reach out to somebody. Today, it's so easy. You could just leave them a voice note or an email or something. You don't always have to call, by the way. And I would do this. I'd hear someone speak and I would say, by the way, just drop them a note. That was awesome. Or I'd hear, I'd see somebody, I don't know. I would do it. And it wouldn't be like a big deal. It would be like, five extra minutes a day, but it changed my whole frame. My whole day started differently because every day, one person in my life or not even in my direct life. Yeah. Awesome. Dina, that's awesome. For those who are here, zoom live, check out Dina's comment. Every day, just it starts your life. And, and let me tell you why this is so critical. And this is, we're going to move on to the next link of this chain, which I hope you're following. Each chain is linked. Because the comment that I got yesterday that was really amazing from different people from across the country and across the world, was a lot of people never got this. A lot of people never got somebody looking at them and bringing it out of them. A lot of people are looking around at their backgrounds and around at their current lives and they're not getting this. And you may feel like that, that you're not getting it at work. You're not getting it at home. You didn't get it growing up. You're not getting it. 
So how does how do you come out? If we said that, if we said that you need somebody else to bring it out in you, what if you don't have that? So the way you bring it out in yourself is when you bring it out in others. You see, every time you bring it out in somebody else, what's happening is your schema is clarifying. You're in position. You are, you're setting your mind in a way. You're conditioning it to see depth. When we wake up every day, let's just delve into this one thing. Well, let's assume that all of us take upon ourselves. Believe that there without making any vows. Every day, in the beginning, I'm going to compliment one person. Every day, from now on. Our minds start to look for things to compliment. Our minds, our eyes, our schema starts to pay attention to virtues, starts listening, starts appreciating the people in front of us, starts picking up on things that we wouldn't have picked up on before. We hear somebody give a class. We see somebody, we go to someone's home. We connect to them at work, whatever it is. In the, in the, in the past, we would have like just moved on with our lives. But now we're like, shoot, I got to compliment somebody. I know what I'll do. I want to do this. And so now we're appreciating not just the actions, but even the virtues of somebody else. What happens is our minds, our eyes start to purify. And we start going from physical eyes, which is what do you do for me, to spiritual eyes, which is how can I empower you? Spirituality, remember, is giving. Physical is taking. Physical is action. Spirituality is traits. So when I start thinking how I can give somebody else, I am now turning my eyes into spiritual lenses. And as I make my eyes, I'm just checking my time here. As I make my eyes, I get nervous because I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to make some of the day was like 9.22. I make my eyes more and more spiritual because I am using it for somebody else. By using my eyes for somebody else, I am clarifying, I am purifying, I am elevating my eyes. My eyes are now being conditioned for higher purpose. And we know people like this. I know people like this. I know people that when I walk into their presence, I feel bigger. And when they're sitting around and people are like, you know, like people do that when they like start to like, like subtly disparage other people. You know that like when there's like that subtle disparagement, I know people were like, they just bring, like they, they find a way to like, yeah, but they're great. You know that those people, like they can't even disparage somebody else. Their eyes are holier. Their eyes are more elevated. They've used their eyes and conditioned them to see good. It doesn't mean that they're Pollyannish. They don't walk around like, and they, they could be very shrewd in terms of their activities and their dealings, but they don't look around and see negative. They look around and see potential and positive. When we spend our time bringing out the honor in other people, we condition our own eyes to see more honor. And when, when then when we look in the mirror, when we look at our lives, we're using the same eyes. 
those eyes don't go away. They may not be as easy because we're a little harder on ourselves and we're biased. But when we look in the mirror after seeing the greatness in other people, guess what ends up happening? We look at ourselves and we're like, whoa. We, we, we sense something. We, we see something. This is the, the, the key. Because so much of anyone who feels like a lack of their own personal growth because of this, it, there's such a, a risk that we're going to walk around and try to take from other people because we need the attention. We need the compliments. We need someone to say you're doing great. We need that because it fills us up because we're all insecure, but it never fills us up because it, it doesn't work like that. It's a physical approach to a spiritual problem. It's like trying to grasp two plus two is four. I can't put my hands on it. It's not physical. It's like trying to put God in a box. You know how people that do that? Well, if there was a God, how come this happened? No, don't try to take the creator of humanity and stick him into your little box of, well, if this would happen, then there's a God. It doesn't work. We can't stick God into a box. He doesn't live in a box. We can't stick spirituality into physical. Physical activity is the taking mechanism. We can't take attention to fill us up spiritually. It doesn't work. That's why insecure people don't get more secure. It's not like you have that friend who's insecure, who's always fishing for a compliment. And one day, like, she wakes up and she's like, oh, I feel much better. It doesn't work that way. She's always fishing for compliments. She's been doing it her whole life and she's always going to fish for more compliments. Why? Because it doesn't work. It doesn't fill up. That guy who was buying bigger toys because he needs somebody to say that you've made it in life. So he keeps on buying bigger toys in order for someone to be like, wow, you must be so successful so that he can finally feel successful. He never feels successful. He never gets it because every toy leads him to the next level of toy buying. He's never like at a place where he's like, this is it. This is my last toy. I just bought, I just bought it. You know, I last, I had this once. I'll never forget. I was at a, at a, um, at a, a little league game. And this this guy comes talking to me and like right away, like you can sense it, you know, young guy, he's talking to me about private jets. I'm thinking, are you, are you serious? He's like thinking I'm going to buy a private jet. I'm like, oh my gosh, private jets for real private jets he needs a private jet and he's going to re retrofit it and he's thinking about it the whole conversation is telling me just how wealthy he is so private jets and as the conversation continues he tells me about growing up and the this and the that and this poor guy it's like you know if you're looking for it it's not going to become secure by buying a private jet you become secure when you start to give honor to other people it's a spiritual approach to a spiritual problem. By the way, that guy's amazing. He's a wonderful guy. And I, he, and that everyone's amazing because we're human beings and we're built from God. We're all amazing. But we're just using the modern Western approach towards a timeless spiritual issue, which is our soul is amazing. And it needs to feel a little bit closer to what it really is, which is amazing. And if nobody brought it out in me, I can either drag it out from other people or I can start to give it to other people. 
And when I start giving it to other people and I make that what I do, here's what happens. I don't know when, I don't know how, but it starts raising itself in myself. I start to feel differently. I start to, to feel different because by giving it to other people, I've brought it out in myself. That's the key. That's the key. And by the way, that's, that's always the secret. The spiritual secret is that whatever you want in life, you get when you give it. That's the secret. God says it. You want wealth? Be charitable. You want wisdom? Teach. Study to teach. The more we are prepared to give, the more that thing that we're giving becomes a part of us. When we start to realize that we're sitting on the greatest resource we'll ever have, our eyes. This has the opportunity and the ability to not only change the lives of hundreds and thousands of people we encounter, maybe most importantly, it has the, change, has the ability to change our own lives. And by being able to be uncomfortable in our giving, we start to start to become something we start to become something we can't put our finger on it we don't get the medal when we pass that board we just we just become it we become we become torches of light become things that, that change people's lives. Maybe that's the story of our, of our generation right now. In a world where it seems like everyone's taking and it seems like everybody's yelling just to, just to be the bearer of the torch and to realize that we got to turn the tide by just giving person to person, moment to moment, minute to minute. And maybe by just increasing a little bit of light, we'll dispel a whole bunch of darkness, which is the story of Hanukkah, which is the month that we're in right now. All right, everybody. Make it an awesome day. Make it an awesome day. Let's try doing this. I'll do it if you do it. Without vows. If you do it, I'll do it. If we together decide that we're going to make, do this once, one time a day, take this on, use our eyes to bring light. Let's do it. Okay, everybody have an awesome day. I can't wait to see tomorrow's Q and A. I can't wait to see you tomorrow. Thanks for being there. Have an awesome day with God's help. Can't wait to see you again tomorrow.